time to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Gainey. Crunch, crunch, crunch time plays. This is Pat Smith from Three Man Front, and you're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin with Sports Illustrated's Dogs Daily. You're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Tara Talmadge with the Pig Trail Nation, and you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round, and when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, I always look for Crunch Time Plays. What's up, everybody? Welcome back again to Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thanks so much. Very excited to preview the Ole Miss-Alabama game today from my Ole Miss perspective. We'll be joined by Evie Van Pelt from the Rebel Walk here in just a moment. But first, got to give a shout-out to prizepicks.com. We've started out hot on fantasy props this year, and I know probably one of our picks this week is going to surround this game that we're about to talk about, Ole Miss and Alabama. But make sure you go ahead and and sign up over there at prizepicks.com, number one fantasy prop app. You got anything you want, NFL, Major League Baseball going on right now. Of course, college football is what we're hitting uh, on this show and the picks that we're heading out. So make sure you head over to prizepicks.com and use the code CRUNCHTIMEPLAYS and you'll automatically get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com. And don't forget to use the crunch time plays code and and we'll keep making the crunch time plays together throughout the course of the season but very excited to welcome back uh evie van pelt a guest that we've and i've just love having a guest that i love having on the show and i've had her before and she just does an incredible job uh, with the rebel walk and evie hope you're doing well and and it's you know it's old miss alabama week and i know everybody is excited about that especially around the old miss program Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Uh, much less excited to be here during uh, Alabama Ole Miss game week. So thank you for that. And um, everybody I know is excited. I mean, even my Bama friends are excited and they're kind of usually a little more ho-hum about things because I guess they're so used to winning ball games <laughs> that they're, you know, they don't have to get up as high as, as the rest of us do. But um, anyway, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really exciting to see Kiffin and uh, Saban go at it and Corral and Bryce Young, just a lot of good matchups. Yeah, definitely. And and especially after what happened last year, you can tell that, that Alabama fans are, are a little bit, you know, not, not too worried about it, but they're they're starting to get a a little nervous, especially what uh, Matt Corral and the offense was able to do last year. And that's kind of what I wanted to to start off with you with is you know I know this game has has been talked about for quite some time and didn't actually think that you know whenever we were talking in the preseason we knew this was going to be a huge game. It could end up being from for the West, depending on. Uh, how what these two teams play out the rest of the year, but just the the intrigue surrounding this game. Obviously, in 2014 and 2015, when Ole Miss won, of course, he had Bo Wallace in 2014, and then 2015, Chad Kelly and that tip ball to Adaboyjo, and he takes <laughs> it to the house for for a touchdown, and, and Ole Miss ends up winning that one as well during the the Hugh Freeze era. But now into the Lane Kiffin era, just based on what. Ole Miss was able to do to Alabama offensively last year 
and especially you know if you're looking at it from from the old Miss lens, which I know you do, and that's the way I'm going to be looking at it uh, here on the show is is you saw what Florida was able to do running the football against Alabama a couple weeks ago. So it's got to be an exciting factor of what you're going to be able to do on offense if you're an Ole Miss fan leading into Saturday. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's um, I'm really, really excited about seeing this offense. And hey, how about, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin going into Alabama week after having a, a bye week, you know, an extra week to prepare. So, you know, now I know that he would not prefer to have a bye week so early in the season. So I do know that. But, you know, if you are going to have to have one early in the season, maybe it's not so bad that you've got it before you play Nick Saban in the Tide. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the run game, I mean, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, I feel like that's going to be really a key in this game. I mean, I almost would say that – um I think if the Rebels have more than 25, 28 rushing attempts in this game, I think they they that that bodes very well for them. They've got kind of the three-headed monster of Henry Parrish, Jerryon Ely, and Snoop Connor, and um, you know they're different kind of backs. You know, so it's it's going to be cool to to see how Kiffin uses them. I think they've so far they're averaging about 6.2 yards per carry. So that's pretty, I mean, as a collectively as a unit, I think they have 78 attempts and 489 yards. So that's 6.2 a carry. So it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, if I feel like it's one of the, you know, if you were to just think about uh, if you're just the, you know, the casual fan, just looking at it, it's, it's interesting to think about Lane Kiffin, especially with his offenses, in the past, you you think that he that he wants to to spread it around, especially with Matt Corral and throw it all over the yard. But the the misconception it seems about Ole Miss uh, last year and also so far this year is, you know, Ole Miss is able to to run the football. They're averaging almost 300 yards rushing a game so far uh, through three games this season. So when you think about what you know what Florida was able to do, especially what's given. Nick Saban and, and Alabama's defense trouble in the past that that quarterback that mobile quarterback like Matt Corral is like Emory Jones was a couple right. weeks ago thinking about what Ole Miss can do in the run game against Alabama and seeing what you know Toa Toa and Christian Harris definitely weren't uh, impressive as linebackers stopping the run against Florida so definitely going to be curious to see how they respond this week uh, facing another a mobile quarterback and a team that can really run the football uh, in Ole Miss, which is one of the kind of the misconceptions about that program. Right. You know, that's one thing that Kiffin talks about every now and again, and I think it kind of bothers him a little bit. He's like, you know, everybody, everybody always thinks that we're, you know, he, wherever he has been, he and his staff, that we're a, you know, just a pass happy team. And he said, but everywhere we've been, we've run the ball and you're right. They're averaging, I think 298.7 rushing yards a game, 339.7 passing yards a game and led the sec in rushing last year. Um, lead the nation in total offense this year so I 
think that, you know, definitely it would be, I mean, I, I know Nick Saban is not thinking of them as just a pass only team. So it's going to be interesting. And you're right, coming on the heels of, well, I, I, not, not directly the heels, there was a game in between, but coming, coming on the heels of watching the Florida game, I think that that was definitely interesting. And um, I think, like I say, I expect to see a couple of little different wrinkles in that game simply because Kiffin will have had a little bit more time to uh, prepare for Alabama, but I'm really excited. I think uh, Jerrion Ely is a, you know, he's a, he's your speed back, although Kiffin pointed out against Tulane, a whole lot of his yards came after contact. So, you know, he was, even Ely was doing some things maybe that he doesn't normally do. So anyway, it's going to be, going to be fun to watch and see how the Alabama defense matches up against uh, the Ole Miss offense. Um, I think Ole Miss offensively is ranked number one in the country and Alabama is number 20 defensively. So that's going to be, you know, that's definitely a, a top matchup. It'll be fun to see. Definitely. And, and kind of looking at the the passing game now with, with, with Corral and those receivers. I know we had, you know, when we talking uh, during the preseason, though, we kind of, we were kind of trying to pinpoint who the <laughs> who the receivers would be uh, for this group with with Elijah Moore and, and Kenny Yaboa being gone, but but Dontario Drummond has really come into his own as well as Jonathan Mingo, Braylon Sanders has done some really good things as well. But but Drummond specifically, there it seems like Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin they're kind of using him, you know, they're using him a lot at wide receiver, but just going back and watching the Tulane game last night as, as I was kind of preparing for this, just the way they, they're kind of lining there. I mean, they're lining Deterio Drummond up at a lot of different spots, running him in a lot of different routes. They're able to really create some matchups for him, which I think has really benefited him in the passing game so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I saw him rush, you know, he had a uh, rushing, you know, carry for 11 yards against Tulane, I guess it was. And I'm like, wait, what? what is going on here? So, no, and I think he has scored a touchdown in eight straight games. Um, so I think that you're right. They're finding innovative ways to get drumming the ball. He and Corral are definitely on the same page as are Mingo and Sanders. I think Sanders is getting double double covered a whole lot so far this season. But um, Corral told us yesterday in the press conference that we had, our weekly Monday press conference, that what is making the difference for him is these receivers are coming to him and asking him questions. They're asking him, what were you looking at? Or what are you looking out for? Or who are you? You know, they're getting into, you know, kind of the more cerebral part of it where he said, you know, Elijah and I, as phenomenal as they were together last, last year, he and Elijah Moore, he said, we didn't talk about stuff like that. It's like Elijah would go, you know, run his route. And I mean, I'll adjust and get the ball there. Whereas these guys are really wanting to know you know, how to, the communication, I guess that's basically what I could say, the communication between them and Corral and, and trying to take it to the next level of making sure they are all on the same page in a play. I think that we're seeing that pay big dividends. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so too. And, and Matt Corral, just sticking with him, kind of the last thing I have for you uh, on the offense, just it seems like, and I know this is always a concern, especially since you didn't face any, hostile really hostile environments last year you're always concerned about going into your first hostile environment which Ole Miss will do uh, on Saturday against 
Alabama. But Matt Corral, he seems like he's really, you know, we kind of talked about it last time we were on here. He we were curious to see how, you know, the leadership that he would he would take on during the season. But just watching him on the sideline, just from just from watching the games, it seems like he's really taken on a, a really great leadership role, not only offensively, but it seems like uh, he's really trying to encourage the the defense as well, and and trying to make sure that they uh that they step up their game as well. Just how how I know you you know you cover him every day. Just how have you seen his leadership grow, especially through these first three games, and and what type of benefit, not only offensively but defensively, do you think that will provide Ole Miss heading into that uh, raucous atmosphere in, in Tuscaloosa on Saturday afternoon? You know, Bennett, it's funny you mention it. He, to me, because I was covering him when he was a freshman, I covered him at the 2019 SEC Media Days, and he had kind of the deer-in-the-headlight look, as as anyone who is a freshman thrown into that environment would look. And then covering him this year in, this year in July um, as, a, as a junior, I, the, the difference was night and day to me. I mean, it was, I, I mean, physically, I think he's bigger, uh, stronger, tall. I think he's a little taller. Um, but just from a maturity level, the kid is locked in and focused. And everything he talks about is, I mean, it's just, I would think he's he's just an extension of Kiffin and Levy out there on the field. And he talked a little bit, uh, for example, in the Tulane game going to his leadership. You know, we had a almost two-hour rain delay in that game. And some of the players were watching the Alabama game because they had the opportunity to because we were in this delay. And, and Corral got mad about that. I mean, maybe not mad, but he got annoyed and said, we need to be focused in on our team. We don't need to be watching somebody else play. And he, and he did that. He went and told that, you know, he got the offense together and told him that got the defense together and told him that. So he's absolutely on, you know, offensively, defensively, whatever he is the, uh, you know, unrivaled leader of that team. And I think he does so by example. Um, Kiffin was asked yesterday, what are the intangibles that Corral is bringing? And he said he's here every morning at 5.30 a.m. You know, he's here in meetings. He's here watching film. He's So I think that, you know, to me, I think there's a confidence that the offense has with him out there. And I kind of, I'll tell you what I liken it to, um, Back when A&M had Johnny Manziel, I feel like Johnny Manziel during his Heisman season, if he was on that field with that offense, they always knew they had a chance. You know, they always, I think they felt confident. And he would go get on the defense too, you know, if he needed to. In fact, we, you know, we used to joke watching those games, you know, if he could go out and play defense, he probably would, you know, to try and help him get a stop. But, but anyway, so there's just Corral. He's just so impressive this year, um, just maturity, leadership, everything. So I think that going into a place like Bryant-Denny, you know, I mean, he even said, you know, I've never, he, I mean, he hasn't been a, a starter. He hadn't played at Bryant-Denny. So, I mean, he knows it's going to be loud and raucous and, you know, he's laughed and said he loves it. So, you know, that's what college football is all about. So we'll see, but I definitely think it'll be helpful having having him leading the Rebels out there. Definitely. And as you know, kind of switching over to the to the defensive side of the ball. I know, you know, last year when we, you know, br- brought up the Ole Miss defense, <laughs> nobody really wanted to talk about it very much. But I know we uh, we were kind of speculating in the preseason about how 
improved th- this unit would be. And and so far, you know, through three games, they've really they've I know 58th in the country nationally is not something that that people really think is impressive. But when you think about the conversations that we were having in the preseason, we were just saying how the, the defense just really needed to be just needed to be serviceable. They just needed to be average. And and if you're you know if you're if you're 58th in the country nationally through three games, you're you're definitely being a, a serviceable defense. And and to me it's really been, you know, just from just from turning on the games and watching them, it's been kind of a combination of things. Uh, to me, is how the defense is so improved. It seems like DJ Durkin scheme-wise is is doing some things differently uh, than than they were doing last year, which you know always always helps uh, being with that, especially when there there hasn't been too much film on you yet. And then you know adding pieces uh, in recruiting, adding pieces through the transfer portal. Chance Campbell, a linebacker from transfer from Maryland, he's playing out of his mind right now. I think he leads the leads the team in tackles and then you know just the combination of of having a having a spring practice actually having a having a summer having you know we talk about you know just the resurgence year that defenses are having not only uh at Ole Miss but around college football in general so those combination of things uh, really seem like the difference to me so far for Ole Miss defensively I agree. And I think that it's a couple of things. I think that, you know, Lane Kiffin always refers to, you know, free agency, you know, transfer portal and such. And I think that picking up Chance Campbell was really a good move for them. I mean, I think that not only is he a good player, I think he's a leader out there. Um, Not that the other, you know, linebackers haven't been or aren't, but I mean, he just brings a, a leadership quality to him that you can tell when you talk to him or interview him or whatever but you're right he leads the team in tackles um he was asked today he was actually who one of the players we were uh, able to interview today and you know he was asked about going into bryant denny and the loud noise and whatever and you know he's a transfer from maryland i mean he's you know he's played at penn state he's played at ohio state he's played you know michigan so i mean he's he knows you know what some hundred thousand crowd uh stadium will sound like um But anyway, so I think that, you know, one interesting thing is personally, I feel like the move to the 3-2-6 defense was really, really just a stroke of genius um, for a couple of reasons. One, you're right. Nobody really has had any film on on them. But two, you know, what was the thing that Matt Corral struggled the most with last year? It was a drop eight um against Arkansas and, and and LSU and so think about that he's been practicing against that now since the spring and the funny thing is I think Lane Kiffin took great joy in after the Louisville game when we're all like wait we're running the three two six defense I mean nobody really even in the Ole Miss media had any idea that we were doing that so um I you know I just think that that probably gives Corral a lot of confidence I mean he has no interceptions this year I mean I have to think going up against that kind of a defense every day probably is helpful so um I think they brought in some key you know Juco uh defensive linemen Isaiah Eiton and Jamon Gordon we saw uh young Taiwan Malone get in against uh uh, Austin P. Well, maybe and Tulane, but throw up the land shark, getting a getting a sack. So I think they've just done a really good job of addressing areas of need. And you're right. I think Durkin and Partridge have really come up with a scheme that 
really complements the players that they have. And so you're you're right. You know, number 58, most people would think, you know, hey, wait, 58, why are you bragging about that? But, you know, I think last year at times, I mean, Ole Miss at one point I think was 125 out of 127 and came very close to winning some games that they lost last year. So, uh, you know, a jump like that to me all the way up to 58 is phenomenal, and I think they're just going to continue to get better. Yeah, I do, I do too, and and we're really, you know, find out how how the the scheme has really come along uh, in this game, which is you know, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the reasons why you and there's just a couple that that you mentioned about the the scheme change, but just from watching going back and watching the Alabama game last year, it seems like that a lot of the the scheme moves uh, in the off season were really pointed. Uh, towards this game on Saturday because, of course, Alabama, you know, last year with Mac Jones, they spread it out the field. He, of course, he he wasn't the – he obviously wasn't the the mobile quarterback that, that we're used to to seeing with Jalen Hurts and, and Tua Tagovailoa and then now with, with Bryce Young. But he he was able to spread the field around so well with, with those receivers, and, and Alabama certainly is doing that again uh, this year they're they're running the ball. They're, I mean, they're playing complimentary football. They're running it with Brian Robertson a good bit, but they're spreading it around with with Williams, with Mechie, with Bolden, with G. Hall when he's in the game. Just so many weapons surrounding uh, Bryce Young still, and they're starting to develop that continuity now, being four games in. But seems like a lot of those. Uh, scheme changes were kind of really pointed towards this game as well for Ole Miss. <laughs> I would not doubt that one single bit. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to see the difference between last year and this year. I mean, as you know, I mean, what, at one point was it 48-47 or something last year before it ended up being 63-48. But um, it really did feel for a long time like, you know, whoever scored last was going to win. And I think that, um, to me, I think it's just remarkable the difference – that I, that we see between this year and last year with the with the defense. I mean, statistically, but also I think mindset. I think to me, I feel much more when I watch them, um, and I want to get your thoughts on it. But I feel much more like they're they're more aggressive. They're flying around to the ball a lot more. Um, last year, Kiffin told us many, many times that there were players who, I mean, they were trying to, before the balls were snapped, they were trying to tell them where to line up. I mean, I think that there were, you know, a lot, they didn't have spring practice. So they, you know, last year, so because of COVID. So I think that there were a lot of factors that went into that. And yes, they've changed the scheme, but I think with a spring to work on it and fall, it's been, it's been a blessing for them. And it's going to be really fun to see how that stacks up against this year's version of Alabama, because there is no doubt Bryce Young can run, can throw, and they've got phenomenal weapons. So um, I, I think Ole Miss is just really going to have to play. Uh, they're going to have to e- execute, play mistake-free ball as much as, as possible. And, you know, today I, I, we asked uh, Ben Brown, one of the offensive linemen, what, you know, what was going to be a key thing for the offense. And he just said, tempo, tempo. You know, I mean, they're going to have to to do that quick tempo and and really be able to communicate in that noise. And um, so, again, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, and and I agree with you about about 
looking like they're they're flying around to the football. They're looking like they look like they're actually, you know, I know we I know everybody wants to talk about I know coaches talk about it all the time, just kind of go out and, and play loose and have fun. But it really seems like and I can equate this too with the way you know, being uh, watching South Carolina play through four games. And I've got a lot of South Carolina audience that listens to this. So just it, South Carolina and Ole Miss on defense this year, to me, are really kind of embodying that. I know, obviously, the coaching change for South Carolina, Shane Beamer and, and Clayton White is the new defensive coordinator. He's brought more of that, more of that simple kind of fun uh, environment to play in on defense. But it, I really think that both of these teams – South Carolina and Ole Miss just kind of equate the two. They really look like they, you know, to be honest, like they, act, you know, just to to use language that everybody understands, they actually look like they know what they're doing out there instead of right. instead right. of just being instead of just being lost. And so I know, you know for, for those two programs specifically, you got to be if you're a, a fan of either one of those two teams, you got to be. Uh, excited about the prospects of your defense going forward, not only for the rest of the year, but but in, you know, years down the road too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, there's kind of with this new scheme and uh, new way of playing out there, there has been also kind of a shift in attitude to me. We've talked to so many of the defensive players who, you know, like you look at that two-lane game and Ole Miss wins, you know, what, 61-21, whatever. And uh, A.J. Finley, one of the defender defensive backs, said, you know, we didn't, we didn't like giving up 21. I mean, we held them to 21, but we're not happy with that. Last year, oh my gosh, I think they would have cut their arms off to hold, you know, to hold people to 21. Um, and I think that last year, maybe in all of last year, they had six quarters of where they held people scoreless in six quarters of total. And I think they've already had five this year. So, and I know last year was all SEC and, you know, this year thus far, you know, three games haven't been, but you can only play who you, who's on the schedule. And I think that their, their confidence is building and they just, it just looks like a much more aggressive kind of defense to me. And I think what you hit the nail on the head about is I think when you know what to do, you can play faster, you can play more aggressive, and you can play more loose because you know you're not having to look over there and have them tell you, no, no, move over five yards. So, um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with where they are thus far. Yeah, I mean, they, they're really, they look like they're more confident in their, in their approach, and it definitely something that certainly I can equate to the, to the improvement on defense, but. Kind of the last the last thing I did want to ask you about the defense before I before we kind of move into to a couple other things before I let you run is what you know the games that that we've seen Ole Miss play so far the the lead has has been has been in hand you know against against Louisville Austin P and and Tulane the lead has has been you know in in hand long before the the long before the final whistle but does it does it can and should old if you're if you're looking at it from the Ole Miss lens, are you are you concerned at all about uh, the defense being having you know obviously this is going to be a sixty minute game with Alabama. Do you do you do you start to worry at all about maybe the the defense possibly tiring out a little bit more 
uh, at the end of this game, especially since it's going to be that. I mean, expecting a kind of like I don't know about you, but I'm kind of expecting kind of the kind of the same game we had last year, really a, a high octane type game. So, do you worry that that not playing a full game really on on defense so far as could end up possibly making Ole Miss a little bit tired there at the end on Saturday? Um, I would absolutely, you know, kind of given the fact that Ole Miss, you know, prides itself on, on up-tempo and being able to score from far, as they say, you know, you end up with drives that are very, very short at times. So that is something, um, I do think that I recall Kiffin saying a few weeks ago, because somebody actually, a, a media member actually asked about the physical conditioning of the players because they, they, a lot of them, I mean, they look different even. And Kiffin said he thinks that that's more, you know, they've had one year in, in Kiffin and Wilson Love and, you know, the, the strength and conditioning program. So I think there's been a real emphasis on that. So hopefully they're in, you know, a little better condition. I think that they have more ability. Uh, they have more depth. So I think the depth um barring any you know injuries in the game i think that that gives them uh a way you know they've got a lot of guys they can shuffle in and out and i think that that's going to be helpful for them when it comes down to the fourth quarter and i i really feel like for bama i feel like they need to um you know they need to have like 10, 10, 12 play drives that eat up six or seven minutes or, you know, whatever. I mean, and I, I feel like for if they do that, that's going to be really hard, I think, for uh, it's going to make things hard for the, the Rebels. I think that um, to beat Kiffin and Ole Miss, I think Alabama needs to shorten the game and kind of limit the amount of, of possessions. But um, anyway, I I feel a little better about the defense's situation in terms of, because you're right, they looked a little tired at times last year, but I feel like the depth and the better conditioning will, will give them a, a little bit of a break there. But yeah, I, I agree. And, and I just wanted to ask you what type of game you're, you're expecting on Saturday. And, you know, for me, I'm expecting, you know, kind of the game, not as high scoring of a game as we had uh, last year, but, but you're right. It does seem like the kind of game where Alabama is going to have to, to to slow things down a little bit offensively, taking those drives away from Ole Miss, especially you know when you're having the success that that Ole Miss is having on offense, you feel like if you're Matt Corral and and the guys on the offensive side of the ball, you feel like you can score on every possession, even against uh, Alabama. But just what type of what type of game are you uh, personally expecting uh, on Saturday, and and do you do you feel like it's going to be even remotely close to the, to the, you know, the up-tempo high-scoring game that was last year? Well, yeah, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I would tend to think I would know the answer, but then, gosh, with Kiffin and Saban, it's just, you just never know what, what you're going to see out there. But I honestly, I think that, again, Ole Miss needs to run its up-tempo offense. Ben Brown talked about that and how important it was going to be. Uh, and if you if you mess up, if you commit a penalty or whatever because of the noise in Bryant-Denny, you know, just move on, put it behind you and move on and, and you know, try to do better on the next play. But I, I, I still actually think it's going to be, 
you know, I don't know, 40 something, 30 something. I mean, I think it's going to be, it won't be, I, I will go out on a limb. I don't think it's going to be, you know, 63, 48 or whatever, you know, whatever, like last year, there was a lot of points. So I don't think that there will be as many. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's turnovers as are in every game. Turnovers are going to be important. The Rebels have been really good at that this year, and so has Alabama. Um, I think Ole Miss is plus three in turnover margin, while Alabama is plus five. Um, one thing the Rebels are going to have to watch out for is penalties. They've had, they're averaging a, almost 12 per game, and Alabama, I think, is like at eight and a half or something like that. So that could be something that would be important. But, you know, if you look back on it, um, Florida rushed 43 times for 245 yards, 5.7 per carry. I don't. I, no disrespect to the Florida running backs, but I don't feel like they have the same caliber running backs that Ole Miss has. So I think that's going to be key. I mean, I go back to what I said earlier. I think if Ole Miss rushes the ball 25, 28 times uh, in the game, I think it'll bode well for Ole Miss. So um, anyway, it's going to be going to be really really fun to see I mean I don't know I think it the early line had been 17 and I think maybe it's down to what 14 14 and a half now that was the last time I checked um so I you know I don't know I mean it's going to be interesting to see I mean if I were in Vegas right now I would take Ole Miss and those points all day long <laughs> so um anyway yeah, I mean, I, I would too, because even even I think even if if Alabama does win, it's I don't think they're I don't think they cover, and so I def, definitely take I definitely take Ole Miss and and the points. I don't I'm not ready to say uh, at this point uh, in the week that that Ole Miss is going to win the game, but definitely would would take them uh, and the points if if you had to if you were uh, betting on the spread. But but a key another key for me is is what is Ole Miss going to do? I know they, they obviously have a lot of fourth down conversions so far. I know Lane Kiffin yes. loves to – they love to go for it on fourth down. But but to me, the, the key is going to be how many third downs does Ole Miss get into uh, against this Alabama defense and then the third down conversion percentage because, you know, honestly, Ole Miss hasn't had a lot of third downs. They've had so many, so much success on first and second down especially running the football, setting up the, setting up the pass is as good as anybody has done it so far this year. And so if Alabama can get Ole Miss into some of those third downs, it'll definitely be uh, key to how Ole Miss does uh, on third down. Cause they have a, have a pretty right. low percentage right now at 39%, right. but it's only because, you know, I feel like everybody, people look at that and, and say, well, Ole Miss only converts 39% on third down. But frankly, they haven't had a lot of, they hadn't had a lot of third downs. I think they've only had, you know, maybe 40 so far. Right, right. I think, um, I think they've had, yeah, they're 16 of 41 for 39%. But then, like you say, they're 12 of 14 
on fourth down, um, 85%. But, you know, I think, and so the total of third and fourth is uh, 28 of 55, so about 50, about 51%. I mean, that's good, but but not great. But what it does mean is you have to defend Ole Miss, as you say, for four downs, not just three a lot of the time. And, and I mean, I think that Ole Miss needs to be cautious with some of those fourth downs. I mean, if you don't convert a couple of those in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa you're going to put yourself – behind the sticks really really in a bad way so um i think alabama on the other hand is 54 percent on third down conversions and 54 percent on fourth down for kind of an overall of 56.1 so um yeah i think it's you know lane kiffin in, in his book you know that he listens to or doesn't listen to or whatever when to go for it um I think that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see to see what happens. But I think that they're going to probably need to be a little more a little more cautious maybe than than they normally would be. Although I don't know that there's cautious in Lane Kiffin's <laughs> dictionary. I'm not sure, but um, it is going to be interesting. So in that 12, 12 of 14, I mean, that 14 is the most fourth downs I believe anybody in the country has gone for thus far this season. And 12 is the most that anybody has made on fourth down this season. So um, definitely going to be something to watch for. Well, it's definitely something that, that I've, Kind of always respected about about Lane Kiffin, especially in the past uh, couple, especially last year and so far this year at, at Ole Miss. Is he's is he is he goes by the is he goes by the analytics a lot, but he's not apologetic for that. He's seen some co- some coaches you see out there are, are kind of they kind of go back and forth a little bit, but it seems like he's strictly uh, uh by the book on that, and he's definitely not uh, he's definitely not apologetic for it. That's for sure. No, and you know what? I I think that that's interesting, and it's also kind of entertaining because I have covered past coaches at Ole Miss where, you know, they'll just get raked over the coals. Well, you know, why didn't you kick a field goal there? Why'd you go for it? Or why, you know, why, why, or vice versa? And, um, you know, it seems like they're always having to explain themselves. And I don't get that feeling from Kiffin. Kiffin doesn't feel like he owes any media people any answers and and I think he's I agree with him on that but um you know one thing that it may come down to I mean I don't know but Ole Miss has a true freshman kicker in Caden Costa who is doing very well and the field goal kicker we had last year struggled a good bit at times and so I think that you know, that was kind of indicative. There were times maybe Kiffin made a decision based on that. You know, if you if you have a field goal kicker who's struggling and so I think this year it kind of adds a little bit more to his toolbox because he knows he has a kicker, albeit a freshman, but one who can put it through the upright. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. You're always going to have that that comfort of yeah, in the red zone. I know Ole Miss wants to, to to score touchdowns in the red zone. They've certainly been doing an incredible job for that, so that's definitely a, a great key for Saturday as well. But I did want to ask you oh, the last thing that I have for you is about kind of the rest of the West. I did kind of want to focus on Arkansas since Ole Miss plays them uh, next week coming off of the coming off the Alabama game. But just been just been so impressed with what uh, Sam Pittman's been able to do uh, not only last year but this year through four games. They they know what they want to do. They know what they want to be. And and obviously Ole Miss has struggled against uh, Arkansas last year, but Matt Corral struggled against Arkansas. But it's definitely you know, like you were talking about with the with the defensive scheme change that, that Ole Miss had kind of preparing for that game as well because 
Barry Odom loves to 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 only rush three and and drop eight, especially against Ole Miss, as he showed uh, last year. Right, and I think that you know that really surprised Ole Miss last year. I don't think that they expected it. And Kiffin, um, you know, I think Corral obviously he struggled in that game. Um, interesting little side note: I felt like at SEC Media Days. Poor Corral was asked over and over and over about Arkansas and drop eight. I mean, one one media guy just kept hammering him about it, and 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 Corral just smiled. I mean, he it, to me now in retrospect, I know he was thinking, you know, I'm practicing against that every single day now. So, um, but to Arkansas, I mean, I I watched that A and M Arkansas game and was really impressed with Arkansas, with their players, with their scheme. And I have to tell you, I think that the people who questioned Sam Pittman as the the hire for head coach are probably, you know, eating their words now. But one thing about that is he brought in Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom. And I mean, those two coordinators are, that is, that's a formidable duo, I think. So um, not only is, uh, you know, Pittman doing a really good job with with the team, but I think that those those guys are also. Yeah, they they really are. It's the it's the the dream team of coaches. I know in the preseason we talked about uh, Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy being a a dream team on offense, but but uh, in terms of coaches, Sam Pittman and Kendall Bryles and and Barry Odom are the are the dream team for Arkansas right now. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that's going to be really, uh, really fun to watch them. I mean, I think, are, are you just not really excited about seeing uh, that game this coming, this coming weekend, I think with Arkansas, I think that's going to be just really, really fun to see how they do. I mean, can you imagine if they were uh, to go in and upset or you know really play Georgia really well I mean they really have an opportunity to get themselves on the map they've defeated you know the the two big dogs in the state of Texas with A&M and the University of Texas so it's going to be going to be fun to see what happens with with that one so I'm I, let's just say I'm really glad the following weekend when Ole Miss plays after the Alabama game they have Arkansas at home so and and as you probably know crazy things happen when A&M and I mean when uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas play so uh, fourth and 25 is forever etched in my brain and probably also in the brains of Ole Miss Rebels but um, anyway hopefully we won't have anything like that this year <laughs> well with the with the Success if if you if Ole Miss can win uh, on Saturday, especially I know a lot of those uh, I think a lot of those uh, memories will be will be erased from from our uh, fans' minds if if Ole Miss uh, finds a way to pull it out on Saturday. Right, right. I think that uh, that'll exorcise a lot of demons. I think if they can do that. So I mean, personally, if it were me. I would bring Chad Kelly along on the trip. I'd bring Bo Wallace along on the trip. I'd make sure I, you know, I have all the the heroes of of past past victories. So, but I I just really think that I think I get the feeling that the Ole Miss defense is really wanting to use this game kind of as a yardstick to see where they are and where they need to improve and. Um, you know, they're very focused on just, I mean, so many of them I hear that we talk to talk about just focusing on that one day. You know, we go out, Chance Campbell said it today, go out, work hard, get better, 
watch film, go to sleep and do it all over again, you know, the next day. So I, um, I, I think that there's just kind of a little different mindset around this year's team. So we'll see if it translates to the field Saturday. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a great measuring stick game uh, for the defense. And I know everybody, everybody wants to know uh, really where the, where the Ole Miss defense is. And certainly Saturday will, will tell us a lot. And, and Evie, it's always great uh, having you on the show. Just, just tell everybody where they can tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Tell everybody where they can find uh, you guys over at the the Rebel Walk because everybody on that everybody on that staff just just does an incredible job. And again, just always appreciate you uh, taking time and coming on. And definitely got to get you back on again real soon. Oh well, it's always an honor to be here. I appreciate you having me, and I always look forward to it. And if folks want to go, they can find us at therebelwalk.com. They can find us on social media at the Rebel Walk on Twitter and the Rebel Walk on Facebook. And I would love it if they would follow the Rebel Walk or or and or me at Ole Miss EV on Twitter. And um, I sure appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. And, and thanks so much to Evie for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram.